1: Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and my friend, Rutka, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks of the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Aaliyah?
2: I am great. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. Um, In an unusual set of circumstances, Aaliyah is not sitting next to me.
2: Yeah, that means I can't make you laugh. (laughs) It's like back (laughs) in the olden days.
1: I know, back in the BYU days. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me uh, what you're doing. Where are you right now?
2: I'm currently in Pocatello, Idaho, for the Pocatello Temple Open House.
1: Awesome. And you have not actually attended the open house yet, right? You're just arrived in Idaho and you're great. Exciting. That's fun.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited.
1: Um, the temple looks really beautiful. We were there in the summer and just drove up around the grounds. Um, I saw a lot of signs around the grounds, Rivka, that said Satterfield construction, I think. Yeah. Uh, any uh, relatives of yours?
0: Uh, yeah. So my uh, grandfather and great grandfather were both pretty entrepreneurial. And one of the things that they did was well, I don't know about the construction part. It might be a branch off of my cousin's thing. But uh, they they did a lot of real estate in, from, you know, like late 20th century in Pocatello. So yeah. that hill up there was developed by my grandfather. Um, so there's a Satterfield Drive. because That's the family name. And the land that the temple is on was actually donated by him to the church for whatever use, not specifically for a temple. But it was land that uh, the church had been given by him and, and then they did end up deciding to, they put a stake center on it years ago and then put the temple on it. So yeah, it's been, it's, uh, it's been a cool thing. You know, he yeah. passed away, he passed away. Oh, 15 years ago or so, but I am certain he has, um, been allowed to at least see and be part of some of that from the other side. Yeah. Generosity. So yep, family connections. My yeah, my dad's family all comes from Pocatello in that area.
1: That's awesome. We were salivating over over those houses that have all sprung up around the temple.
0: Mm-hmm. They're like, so how close. great would it
1: be to live across the street from the temple?
0: So. I know. I know. Well, we have we have do you remember the the woods from mm-hmm. Iowa? They moved to Pocatello and they're actually right there, like they can see it out of their Front door. Now she posted really? on, yeah, on Facebook. She's like, "This is a nice addition to the neighborhood." <laughs> <So> <laughs> I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: I'll have to tell Deanna that they live right there. She might even see them at the dedication oh, or the yeah. Album, so, yeah, awesome. Well, good. Anything else going on in your life, Rivka?
0: Uh just just puppy stuff and uh, homeschooling stuff. Life is life usual, a little more exciting yeah. than usual, but life is usual.
1: The wheel of time keeps turning.
2: It
0: does.
1: Well, good. I believe um, uh, that you chose our talk today. Is that right? Or I didn't open my little yeah, document. I
0: think so. Yeah. We all yeah. talked about so many talks, it's hard to remember, but I think I did. I know. Yeah.
1: We, we all sort of said like, oh, this is great. And if I didn't choose it, then someone else chose it and vice versa. So,
0: yeah.
1: um, well, we are going to discuss today um, an, an oldie but a goodie, Spiritual Crocodiles by Boyd K. Packer of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Um, a, we think chosen by Rivka. So, <laughs> Rivka, tell us what led you to choose this talk.
0: Uh, this talk has been one that has kind of um been i don't know woven through the last couple years of my life. It was given before I was born. I grew up i like it during my seminary years they they had made a short video to be shown in seminary and i don't know Sunday school classes it was sort of based off of this talk um <laughs> classically starts out with his, my young friends thing. And so I just right. knew, <laughs> I just knew the talk from that. Um, and I guess I figured that, that what was in that video is pretty much the main message of the talk. But then I stumbled across it a couple of years ago and thought, "I maybe I'll actually read the whole talk and was surprised and delighted to discover that there, it was much there was much more in the talk than was even in that uh, brief seminary video. And, and then had have had several promptings relative to this talk, one to share a couple of specific times with young women in a class and young women specifically. and then once um, just a couple of months ago, had a prompting to share it with my kids and have a discussion. So I don't, I don't know what it is for me in my life and and the people in my life, but this has for me felt kind of like a new or renewed. um, I felt an importance for this talk. So it's one of the reasons I suggested it aside from the fact that I just love elder Packer and well, and then, you know, just a few conferences ago, president Bednar gave his talk uh, about the cheetahs and the topi, Yes, and he referenced this talk too. <laughs> um. So yeah, for me, it's kind of just it's shown up here and there over the last couple of years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be coming back um, into our lives, and it was given one year before I was born. So <laughs> you know, none of us were alive when this came out, but it has endured. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm going to come back to you as you um prepare to tell us. Some of the the parts of this talk that delighted you to to discover after you watched the video, yeah. And I'll and we'll start with Aaliyah, um on what your main takeaway. You're you're in the demographic that he was, <laughs> you know, targeting here the young the friends. young people of the church. Yep, my young friends. So tell me, Aaliyah, what was your main takeaway from this talk?
2: Um, should we start out with the story? Sure. Okay. So. Essentially, the idea of spiritual crocodiles is that um, he was in uh, Africa and there was this wildlife, I don't know what you, what what was it called? Like reserve or something? Preserve. Preserve. So um, they had to stay in their vehicles and everything. And um, they were driving around and they saw, um, oh shoot, I already forgot. Was it antelope? <laughs> They saw animals. a small animal that was like a deer, but lived in Africa. And it was walking over by these elephant tracks that had filled with water um, and it kind of like turned to mud around it because of the rain. And um, they kept coming close and then running away. And he was like, why are they running away? There's, you know, there's water right there. Why aren't they going? And the guide that was with him just said crocodiles. And he went, What? <laughs> you know there's no crocodiles over there it's just an elephant track full of water like there's not enough to even cover your shoes there's no way there's a crocodile in that and so um he went up the guide led him up somewhere higher um and then he could see that there was actually crocodiles like right underneath the mud um and he said the guide said that anywhere there was water there were sure to be crocodiles even if it didn't look like it and so that's why all the little animals were running away because they knew that there were crocodiles there even though they couldn't see him. So um, one of my biggest takeaways was that um, after the guide originally told him that there were crocodiles there, he didn't believe the guide. He said, hopefully let me find it. Uh, Now I remind you that I was not uninformed. I had read many books. Besides, anyone would know that you can't hide a crocodile in an elephant track. So he spent most of his life loving um these kinds of animals and like studying them and he was so excited to go see them in real life. But this still he still didn't know about this. And he wasn't uninformed, like he knew a lot of stuff, and so he had no reason to really believe this person because it seemed like he was joking and he knew a lot. So why why should he doubt himself? But I think, um, obviously he was wrong and it's important, I think, to, uh, trust in our guides, whoever that might be, uh, wherever they may be, because even if we're informed and even if we've read and studied and learned, they still know more than we do.
1: <laughs> yes. So the main takeaway from that story was for you, um, you know, trust, Trust those who are your guides in your life. Yep. And who are some guides in your life, Aaliyah?
2: Oh, um, obviously my parents, obviously the spirit, but I think a lot of the young women's leaders were amazing examples and teachers to me. I still have relationships with some of them and they're just awesome people. And I learned a lot from them.
1: Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. I want to highlight uh, just a couple lessons from, you know, what he's saying here, just that part you read. So, first of all, there's a certain amount of um, what's the right word, pride or even arrogance in the way he sort of approached this. Like and, and he admits later, I'm, I am not criticizing President Packer in any way. Um, he, he's saying later, like, I'm not proud of how I behaved here and uh, and I learned my lesson. Um, so when he's saying like, well, I've read a lot of books, like, of course. And, you know, I know whether there are going to be crocodiles and, um, there was no substitute for living the reality of, of what, what he saw or experienced, excuse me. So he's saying here, you know, trust those guides who have lived life and learned where some of these crocodiles lie. So, and he said something I I think we really fall into a lot as humans. Anyone would know that you can't hide a crocodile in an elephant track. We just take things for granted and sort of go with what the crowd is thinking because it just seems so obvious when when many times the answer is not obvious. And, um, you know, I think back to Moses and the brazen serpent and people saying like, well, anyone would know that you can't just look at the brazen serpent and be healed And of course, the ones who sort of went against the crowd and actually did look were healed. So, uh, well, Rivka, what were some of your um, insights into the story that were different from sort of the the Mormon message video version?
0: (laughs) Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm just basing this on what I remember that message being. And I'm sure they talked about guides in that, but I feel like the bulk of the message was like from the video was like that there are spiritual crocodiles that are dangerous and you know can harm yes. all you
1: but so uh, much I, I'm gonna jump in here Ripka yeah. I totally that's how I remember it <laughs> from when I was a kid. I was like so I'm just supposed to look out for temptation. Like basically that's what I got out of it.
0: Yeah, because the whole movie is just like animals getting attacked at water holes, you know <laughs> which, you know, as a as a teen in seminary that might have sometimes felt boring was a great video. But Somehow, the whole point, I think the whole rest of this talk was completely lost on me in the video. The whole, like, I don't remember anything about guides. I definitely don't remember anything about revelation or use of agency, which is the whole second part of this talk. Um, um, so, yeah, when I went to go read it, I was like, whoa, there is a lot of stuff in here <laughs> to talk about that's not just about animals getting eaten by crocodiles. Um, yeah. So... One, one of the things, well, this continues sort of off of what Aliyah was talking about, right? He shares a second story. The, um, he talks about the guides. Those ahead of you in life have probed about the water holes a bit and raise a voice of warning about crocodiles. Not just the big gray lizards that can bite you to pieces, but spiritual crocodiles, infinitely more dangerous and more deceptive and less visible, even than those well-camouflaged reptiles of Africa. These spiritual crocodiles can kill or mutilate your souls. They can destroy your peace of mind and the peace of mind of those who love you. Those are the ones to be warned against. And there's hardly a watering place in all of mortality now that is not infested with them. And then he, he discussed this. He says he, on a different trip to Africa, he discussed that experience that he had with another park ranger and that, or game ranger, that game ranger said that he he said he assured me that you can indeed hide a crocodile in an elephant track one big enough to bite a man in two and then shared a story about um a young man who was working at a hotel he's from england and he stepped inside the preserve uh, despite warnings but he was just going to i don't know what he doesn't say what he was doing but he went to go check something across a shallow splash of water that didn't even cover his tennis shoes. He said he wasn't two steps in the ranger said before a crocodile had him and we could do nothing to save him. Um, and then this paragraph is good for all of us. I mean, he's speaking to young people, but sometimes we're all, I think we (laughs) can all have a tendency to, what am I trying to say? (laughs) We act young in the gospel, even if maybe we're not, you know, I think, I think our arrogance does that to us sometimes, um, and pride. It seems almost to be against our natures, particularly when we are young to accept much guidance from others, but young people, there are times when regardless of how much we think we know or how much we think we want to do something that our very existence depends on paying attention to the guides. Um, and so I, I love that thought that whole entire thing was lost on me (laughs) with the video, but Um, This idea of, of guides is crucial. And I got to tell you, like, even now that I, I guess I'm in a position where I'd be considered one of those guides as a parent and as a, you know, as a leader, young woman's leader, I still am looking to guides. I still don't have all the answers about how to do things. I still wonder things sometimes still feel Um, like I need to practice increasing my ability to feel the spirit. So the guides are just such an important um, thing to keep in mind. And then I really liked this sentence. And this is speaking, I guess, to the guides. I mean, this is speaking to the youth, but it's also to the guides. He says, if we as guides can train you to listen to these spiritual communications, you will be protected from these crocodiles of life. And I love that reminder that that is what we're trying to do as the guides. Um, and that is what your guides are trying trying to do, is to help you learn to listen to spiritual communications. And I was reminded of, I mean, we hear this from our prophet consistently, <clears throat> you know, he, um, and I was reminded of the quote where it says, in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost my beloved brothers and sisters, I plead with you to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation. So this is, let's see, that was 2018. So this is like almost 40 years later, same message coming to us, increase your spirituality, listen to the guides and be safe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I love what you said there, Rivka. It's, you know, of course we point out the, the crocodiles, but Mm -hmm. More important is training people to see them for themselves. Yes. Um, So tell me who have been some of the guides in your life that have pointed out spiritual crocodiles.
0: Uh, Parents for sure. A couple of seminary teachers, pretty prominent um, influences in my life. Um, parents of friends, not just my own parents, but other parents who also loved and guided me. Um, and you know, this is one of the things that I, I think living life and time teaches you, but when, when you're a young person and all the old people in your life say, it's really important to choose your friends wisely. That is not advice to be taken lightly because, you know, as yes. I've lived and grown, friends too can make a huge difference in this. If you are with friends who are equally concerned and looking out for spiritual crocodiles, there have been moments when it has been in groups of friends um, where one has received a prompting or another has received a prompting and the group has decided to go along with that. And I don't know you know, how those situations would have ended differently had we not heeded promptings. But certainly for me, um, and am those experiences too seem to be fairly localized in my college years, but, um, because that's largely who you're with is your friends, but friends too can, can either be guides or, um, I don't know what the opposite of that would be. Guides to safety or guides to danger—I guess one right. or the other. Yeah, really important. So definitely, friends for me would fall into that group as well. And and then as you get older, it's the people you work with and the people you serve with can be guides too. There's always there are always guides around. There can yes. always be guides around. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, so I th- I want to point out um, something that sort of connected those two things: President Nelson and and, and President Packer the stakes here are really, really high. So, Mm -hmm. you know, president Packer of course is talking about people being eaten alive by a crocodile. That's really terrible, Mm -hmm. but he's also, you know, metaphorically talking about spiritual survival and spiritual mauling and all these, you know, sort of very, what's the word, like almost violent words, you know, like Mm -hmm. to emphasize the danger. And then of course, president Nelson also says spiritual survival. So, you know, to to us, something might just seem like a two inch pool of water, uh, when in fact it could derail your entire life, um, or and your spiritual life. So, Aaliyah, you're sort of on the you're I sort of said you're you know the target demographic, but actually you're on the 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 bridge here. So you you're just out of being a youth. You're definitely an adult, um, but um, you're a young adult, mm-hmm. and. Um, now you're going to transition as a missionary to the opportunity to be one of these guides for people who are only a few years younger than you. Yeah. So what are some of the spiritual crocodiles um, that, that, are, have, that you've seen in your life that you would point out to people younger than you?
2: Um, well, when you asked Rivka what guides she had seen, another one of my guides popped up. I had a professor at BYU named Janet Erickson, and she was amazing quite possibly my favorite teacher I've ever had, ever. Um, and one of the things that she did was teach, she taught a, um, a family class. So I took actually the religion family class, eternal families, and then also a family science class from her. And in both classes, we learned um, specific truths about families that she taught in a very clear way without being, um, while being understanding, I guess. Um, And I think a lot of those things that she talked about are things that the younger, like it's not as clear for the younger generations, like from my generation going down. Um, Because even though we grew up with the family proclamation, you guys grew up living that, like everyone around you lived it, mostly, obviously not everyone. But now that's not the case. Most people don't live that kind of life. And so as a missionary and as a parent and stuff, I'm going to have to be teaching those same things. And so she was a good example to me of how to do that while being loving and understanding and very open and very, um, she had a, a great environment for questions, and we talked about some really tough subjects in her class in a very good way. So she was she was good for me to kind of absorb how she did that, I guess.
1: Awesome. So she was a spiritual guide in the sense that she pointed out maybe some spiritual crocodiles, but also showed you how to train people to point to you know to find them for themselves. Mm-hmm. So awesome. I think the beauty of a great parable is that it's applicable in so many ways and so many times, you know, he didn't just say, well, it's 1976 and here's the spiritual crocodile you need to look out for. He talked about broad, you know, principles and guidelines and, and encouraged people to learn to, um, you know, listen to the spirit. So Rivka, what, um, what are some of the spiritual crocodiles you think we need to look out for Nowadays, or that you've seen people that you've you've wanted to give them a word of warning about.
0: Oh, um, there are. It's that's an interesting question. Like, oh, because some of these get really touchy, you know. They do. Some the, yep. Yeah. Some of the spiritual talk about really. Yeah, get really touchy. Um. Always there are people who I think through the influence of, of Satan and his minions are engaged in making others miserable like they are like he is. Um, Mm. and there's a lot of that right now. A lot of the, um, I don't know, the patterns of speech, the way of dealing with things, very critical, very tearing down and attack, you know, on the attack. And so one of the things I talk to my kids about a lot is that if you have someone who is, who is encouraging you to be a part of something that is in essence, an attack front or is out to criticize or tear down ideas, that are localized to maybe a small group of people or a specific idea that those things can be dangerous um, and it might seem it might seem like a good thing and here's the thing it can even be things where maybe those people are acting contrary to gospel teaching and they're trying to attack it but the method of it I don't know if that's making sense but for me is yeah. <laughs> one of those spiritual crocodiles can be um, being involved in in critical being critical and tearing down of others rather than having a conversation and just discussing differences so that's one that i think is prominent that's hard to label i don't know maybe there's a sociological term for it but but that sort of extreme becoming extreme in any sort of any sort of thing where it becomes an attack on people so i think that's one um, there's a ton of stuff in media, right? Um, spiritual crocodiles. I think media is just littered with spiritual crocodiles. Things that are made to look normal um, that are contrary to gospel teaching. That's one of the things that's in the For the Strength of Youth pamphlet that um, has always struck me when it talks about entertainment. It's like anything that makes violence or immorality seem like the norm. Yeah. Is to be cautioned against. And so that's a lot. That's a lot of media. That's film and television and social media. There's a lot of that. Um, so those things. Uh, there's, a, sorry, there's, go a ahead. Part,
1: there's a part in How to Train Your Dragon where um, the, the movie How to Train Your Dragon where the main hero, you know, somebody's sort of criticizing him, and the hero's like, well really, you just gestured to all of me. And uh, I think that's what you're doing. (laughs) You're saying like, well, like everything is a spiritual (laughs) crocodile.
2: (laughs) It feels a little like
0: that. Pretty much. There's a lot. Well, because, because it's not like, it's hard to say like this one thing and this one thing, because it is so woven throughout our society. Wickedness is woven throughout it. And so even like, there's so much judgment and I think that needs to be used. I don't know, don't judge, but you know what I? Not judgment of people, but judgment of situations and yeah. and um, ideologies and things like that, because yeah. it can be something that has good aspects to it. And I, this is one of the things that I have seen people I love led away in. Yeah, in this manner that they. Cling to this, you know, the one thing like, oh, there's this good aspect to it, but then it requires them over time to, in order to stick with it or in order to pick up the banner or do the fight to drop standard after standard after standard until, um, they have lost those, they've lost the mooring spiritually and then are, I don't know, blown around by every wind of, of doctrine. So yeah. yeah, it's hard to be like just to label specific things because I think what the guides do now and maybe it's always been that way, but I feel like they were uh, they felt more um specific and sort of bubbled like in their little bubbles than they do now just woven throughout everything. It's the guides need to help us decide which which banners to pick up. Yeah. However good some of the aspects of them may be because that is a very easy way to be led away. Right. It's just like a tiny, there's a tiny little splash of water, but for the most part, it's good. The, you know, there's something that needs to be checked on or put into check or taken care of, but that's those tiny splashes of water, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's all yeah. it takes. Sometimes,
1: Well, so I think, you know, we talk about, we've sort of obliquely referenced, you know, there's there's politics and social mm-hmm. things and church history things, you know, that we've all seen people sort of leave the church over. I don't want to forget that sin is a big reason too. And um, <laughs> it's it's not just, you know, challenging your beliefs or struggling with all, how do I fit in and all that sort of thing. Of course, I, you know, I work with the young men. So, I think of these young men who are like, Oh, you know, I'm just a little curious as to what this video looks like or this picture. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: even if it doesn't contain anything like explicit, I just sort of want to test the waters and, um, you know, they go click on something that they think is one inch of water. And, you know, three years later they're in my office and they've been devoured whole by a crocodile of pornography. Um, so there's a lot and and worse. <clears throat> so there's a lot out there that I, I think we're beset on all sides in, in some ways. And of course, those, um, you know, the, the power with us is more than that against us. But um, I, I think that Satan will come at you in any area that you are vulnerable. Yeah. And it will start with a, an inch of water. And before you know it, you're drowning. Um, and so for me, one of the big spiritual crocodiles is anything that elevates itself in importance in your life above the gospel and your relationship with your father in heaven. And he talks about that later on when he says he tells this, he sort of obliquely references this story where he says he gave his agency over to the Lord. He says, I determined that I would give him the one thing that he would never take my agency. I decided by myself that from that time on I would do things his way And I remember as a missionary reading a story, and I didn't look this up beforehand, I should have, where he's like walking home on his mission and it's sort of night and he's on a bridge or something. And he sort of promises the Lord right then and there, like, you know, I'm I'm giving my whole life to you and I will do anything you ask. And we're each in a different place with that. And you might be at a, a level one commitment when you're trying to get, and, you know, he was at a level 10 commitment of like, I give you everything. We're just trying to get to the next level up of that commitment, you know, going from level one to level two, just going in that right direction, constantly rededicating, you know, our lives to the Lord and finding ways that that we can serve him. And if we do that, then we'll be prepared um, to see those, those dangers and avoid them. Um, so Aaliyah, did you find any invitations or promises in this talk?
2: I did. Um, let me find it. Great. Uh, he says, if you will listen to the counsel of your parents and your teachers and your leaders when you are young. So that's the invitation. You can learn how to follow the best guide of all the whisperings of the Holy spirit. So that's one of them.
1: So learn to follow the Holy spirit. Mm hmm. Awesome, Rivka. Did you find
0: an invitation? Um, a couple, <clears throat> a couple of them in here. One, he says, once you really determine to follow that guide, and when he says that guide, he's talking about um, the Savior in spirit. When you really determine to follow that guide, your testimony will grow, and you will find provisions set out along the way in unexpected places, as evidence that someone knew that you would be traveling the way. So, I feel like the inherent invitation in that is follow the guides and the help will be there for you. That's the blessing that comes. Um, And then the other one, again, it's sort of an implied invitation. He says, fortunately, there is spiritual first aid for those who've been bitten. The Bishop of the Lord is the, the guide in charge of this first aid. He can also treat those who have been badly morally mauled by these spiritual crocodiles and see them completely healed. So that invitation, I feel like is to repent because we're all going to be nipped and bitten. That's a part of mortality. And some of us might be badly mauled, but there, that is not, um, a hopeless situation. Neither of those are hopeless situations. So, um, the invitation to reach out for spiritual first aid, if you've been injured.
1: Yeah. I love that invitation. Um, and I think, you know, for me, the overarching invitation was just follow, follow the guides and have the humility to listen to people who've lived through these things before you. And I remember that being harder when I was a teenager, when, you know, I sort of thought I knew everything. And, and even now I struggle with that. I think it's a natural human tendency, but um, perhaps I have a particular weakness of it. I don't know. Um, But that's something I have to keep, you know, reminding myself, like, you know, listen to those um, who've, who've been through this and who, who know what to do. So well, uh, what a great talk. Do we have any promises that we we extracted from this? Um, so, you know, a big one, of course, is avoiding being eaten by a, a spiritual crocodile. That's a, that's a big one. Any more specific promises uh, that you found in here? Let's um, see, Rivka, did you find any?
0: Well, he he does have this really um, brief mention sort of toward the end of the talk about praying. Learn how to pray and receive. How to receive answers to your prayers. When you pray over some things, um, you must patiently wait a long, long time before you'll receive an answer. Some prayers for your own safety must be answered immediately. And some promptings will even come when you haven't prayed at all. So I feel like, and again, maybe this is sort of a blanket over the whole talk promise is that if you heed the counsel to listen to spiritual guides and avoid the spiritual crocodiles and a lot of that happens in prayers. Seek for answers on your own. That the that the your prayers will be answered, and that the warnings will be given.
2: Yeah,
1: that's a that's a great promise. I didn't necessarily um, think of it that way. Like that, you will receive the warnings is is what he's promising. Not just that you'll be able to avoid the crocodiles, but you'll receive the warnings. Because of course, what you do next with that warning is completely up to you. So at the very end, he says his purpose is to see all of us guided safely back into his presence. So that's not an explicit promise, but I think it ties in really well. He's, you know, he's promising us that that we'll be guided safely back to the presence of our, our Heavenly Father. So, okay, well, I think that wraps it up. And I really love this talk and I'm really glad we got to revisit it. Um, I think it's worth reading the whole talk and, you know, watching the video too, because it has some images that are are memorable, but I think um, you know reading the whole talk to get the whole experience out of it. Um, and next time, so today this should release on the day of general conference. So hopefully everyone's having a wonderful conference weekend. And maybe since you're listening conference, you didn't have time to listen to us, and uh, you have been um, put that off until after conference. So hopefully you had a great conference. The next thing we will release is a recap of general conference. We're going to record that Sunday night right after. Conferences over and sort of give our, our thoughts and overall impressions. So, um, Aliyah, can you tell people how to get a hold of us?
2: Yes, I can. If you want to message us, we have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and our usernames are Words of the Prophets Podcast, or you can email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Okay, thanks for joining us today, and until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, Some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.